Welcome to the Hit Parade Podcast. Come join the nation's award-winning number one repack brand and our host, Joe Kay, Patrick Mancuso, and Tom Hughes as we discuss all the happenings in the world of sports entertainment and we speculate on where things are going in the industry. Follow along for some hot takes and cool products that you're going to want to hear about live. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hit Parade Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Kay, alongside my co-host, Tom Hughes. What's up, uh, Tom? How's it going? Um, as you guys can see from the video, if you're one of our viewers from YouTube, uh, we're in a little bit of a different space right now. This is uh, our half-done studio? Our, our work-in-progress studio. Uh, we moved out from the little table in my office that we did the um, impromptu one last time <laughs> and moved into the almost maybe half-finished studio that will be. Yeah, we're supposed to have a little bit more of a backdrop and stuff. I know that it's a black wall, and I think we should be good to see, but if you can't really see us, we're not that great to look at anyway, so we're doing our best here. Um, things will keep improving. Uh, you guys keep listening and watching and commenting and liking and all that stuff. And well, we just get more stuff and that's pretty much how it works, right? Yeah. And you know, now that the craziness of the move and Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, everybody, Mm -hmm. uh, and black Friday and cyber Monday and the craziness that comes with that. So, uh, we should hopefully be getting back to our weekly drops here for you guys. So we apologize for the last kind of five, six weeks here have been, Kind of MIA a little bit. It's been crazy. And I think we'll uh, we'll get back to having a third man in here, too, so we can have another different point of view on things. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff we got to figure out. But uh, I'm just glad to be back a little bit, talk a little sports, because a bunch of stuff is happening. And, uh, Tom, you wanted to start off with baseball? Yeah, I, I know it's weird. We're here almost in the old December now. December yeah, 1st December year. 1st, but. Uh, and talking <laughs> baseball, but the Otani watch is real. And if anyone is – a fan of a team that thinks they might get Otani, that is the biggest news to them right now. Yeah, I would think so. Um, Realistically, whenever this stuff happens, though, there's only, like, four teams that have an actual shot at it, right? Like, it's always the same teams. You always say, oh, the Yankees could do it, or I guess they always use the big money teams. The Yankees, I'm sure people have said, what, the Mets, the Red Sox, even though I don't think he's going to go there, but it's the same people. Is there anybody who's a little different? I mean... The Cubs, maybe, just because the Cubs haven't been. But that's another one. This is, if, if you're going to afford Otani, you probably have to be a big market team. It's unfortunately, I know. That, I, I, you know, I love my Orioles to go get Otani, but I, I, there's no way they're going to afford him. Is there a way that they could ever figure it out where big-name free agents like this could go to these smaller markets? Like if there was a way, like the Kansas City Royals could all of a sudden be in on this. <laughs> like, just imagine if that was happening. You know, do they need like a, do they need a salary cap? Is but would would baseball want that? If if you're promoting your biggest stars, if you're promoting uh, the hobby, you want Otani in one of those uniforms of the big teams. You don't want him in the Kansas City uniform. We've already seen that. I've talked about Bobby Witt on end about how great he was, and nobody cared because he was in Kansas City. You need him in a big market. Well, nobody cares right now because he's in Kansas City because, you know, they're probably not going to put the tail around him for it to matter. But if they were on a more level playing field and would have the opportunity to get like a, I don't know, Otani, <laughs> maybe that would be people a reason for people to care more about Bobby Witt. Couldn't that increase the value of everybody on the other, I don't know, 25 MLB teams that are never really in on this stuff? Absolutely. There's no other way around it that that would be the case. Baseball is not changing the way they do business. Baseball's changed a lot, actually, in recent years. Uh, this was the first year of all the new rules, and they, those actually went pretty well. Yeah, I, they've they've done the, the the salary cap in other leagues. Baseball, I just I, maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully, I'm wrong. I, I think salary cap is good for sports, but I 
don't see that ever happening. That's fine. You're probably wrong because remember what you said about CJ Stroud before. Anyway, <laughs> there's a couple other baseball players that could be on the move. Um, there's been trade talk about Juan Soto. You think the Padres actually move him? Because I actually don't think they will. I think they'd be crazy to move him. But, I mean, they had all that talent last year. Tatis, Machado, Soto, um, and they did nothing. They're losing Blake Snell, most likely, who's a free agent, who was yeah. one of their top pitchers. They might have to move on from Soto and get a couple pieces to make that team better overall. I understand that. He does cost a lot of money. Um, San Diego has definitely been spending more money than we're used to them seeing in recent years. At the same time, weren't they – maybe I could be wrong here because I can't remember the baseball season. Wasn't, weren't the Padres a little bit better in the second half? I know they started out of the gate really terrible. They did. They definitely made up ground in the second half of the year, but they still – Listen, you have that payroll and those expectations where people are picking them to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. I think I was one of them. I was going to say, did we do that on here? We might I, think, I think I might have picked them. And they didn't even make the playoffs. They have to make changes. So, But it should stand to reason that with Tatis being suspended for the first part of the year still, too. And then he came back and then they kind of got better. You might want to build on that because you're like, oh, this is more of what our team is. I know it still wasn't great. And like you said, losing Snell is not going to be lovely. But... I don't know. I feel like they could keep Soto and just kind of like run it back, maybe get another piece and just actually go for it and then blow it up. I mean, they absolutely could, but Soto's such a hot name right now. I think they could get an absolute boatload for him as they should. Fair enough. Speaking of Snell, we don't really have him on the list, but like you said, he's a free agent, uh, Cy Young winner, multiple Cy Young winner, kind of the hot hand. Um, where do you think he ends up? So I think that he's a, a sneaky place the Orioles, I think there they're looking for well, – no, Homer I, through and through. No, but I think that the Orioles are going to go out and get one guy, whether it be a free agent like Snell or if they make a trade for Dylan Cease, who's another guy that they've been kind of throwing around as possibly being traded. I think that they're going to go get a number one guy on that team to hopefully take them the next step in the playoffs. I think you're more right by saying Cease. Like he, we have him on our list too. He's a very good pitcher. I think he's more in the Orioles' wheelhouse. Snell's going to cost a crap ton of money <laughs> at the end of the day. Cease will not cost as much money. Yeah, he's he's already signed, and the Orioles have a plethora of prospects, yeah, they and they're money. all not going to be able to play. I think that's probably the mo- most likely route is them to trade a couple of those guys that they see kind of as fringe starters and try to send them to a team that might need those guys. And realistically, like on the White Sox end of it, that'd be smart for them too. I mean, they play in Chicago. Getting rid of C's sucks, but if you're going to get prospects, you might as well get the ones the Orioles can't use because they're, you know, they're also really good. So, yeah, it kind of seems like a match made in heaven. Yeah, and, and the White Sox are in a position where they're going to sell off. I think a little bit here. Um, I two guys that they, you haven't heard a lot about, but I wouldn't be surprised if Lewis Robert or Eloy Jimenez gets traded this year. Why is that? I just think the White Sox have fallen on their face the last two years. And I think they just need to kind of blow it up and kind of reset that franchise right now. That's fair. So Yamamoto is coming over from Japan. Speaking of people that might fit for the Orioles too with that that arm, what do you uh, what do you expect from him? What do you think people are going? Is this going to be people overpay for him and he doesn't meet those expectations, or do you think he'd actually meet those expectations? So I've heard that he might get the next best uh, contract from a pitcher outside of um, Garrett Cole. Okay. Like that's how much money he might get coming over. And to me, that's crazy. But obviously we've seen with Otani, um, this, this guy could come out and be one of the best players in baseball. So it's going to cost money. 
And I think someone who misses out on Otani, <laughs> the New York Yankees, are going to absolutely throw a ton of money at a guy like this if they don't get Otani. That's fair. Who else we got in this? Oh, Cody Bellinger kind of re- reinvigorated his career a bit this year, and he'll be he'll be on the market. Where do you think he ends up? So I wouldn't be surprised if he is a fit for uh, one of these contenders, maybe like the Brewers, which is, I think, way out of left field. Right. But they just lost their head coach, and I feel like they might try to make a splash. Manager? Yeah, manager. Head, yeah, coach. head coach. Manager, <laughs> same difference. It just but, sounds weird. Yeah, it. but um, Council went to the Cubs. Um, yeah, I know. Which was crazy. An in-division like swap there. Um, and the Brewers were like, oh, we kind of wanted to keep you, but good okay, luck. I can't do anything about it. Um, do you think Bellinger might just stay in Chicago? I think it's possible. I do think that he's going to get a bigger contract. Last year, he signed kind of a one-year prove-it deal. Yeah. And he showed everybody, hey, I'm not completely he dead yet. It. Yeah, but that might make him just stay in Chicago, especially with Council coming over. Might, he might. I kind of feel he might just stick around there. It'll reinvigorate his career. Why wouldn't he just stick it out? Because they're going to spend all their money on Otani. All right, that's fair. Um, is there anybody else nobody's talking about you think might move? I mean, we could throw out the crazy thing of Mike Trout being traded. Yeah, that's the one, right? Do you, if Otani went Otani, signed somewhere else? Because I don't. There's no way he signs with the Angels again, right? Like uh, I just can't imagine it happening. Nope. So wherever he goes, do you think Mike Trout just asks out? Like, how many years does he left on his contract? Is he free agent? I have no idea. No, he has, he has years left. He's always been the guy that seemed to take the high road. You've never heard anything from whispers of him being like unhappy or disgruntled. But, but <laughs> yeah, for his sake, you almost hope he goes somewhere. Well, right, of course. Um, for the hobby's sake, like you, you want him, so? play, you want him playing somewhere where it means meaningful baseball. This guy has been arguably the best baseball player for the last ten years, or maybe eight years ago until Tani really came on the, the scene and turned baseball. Um, you want to see him playing meaningful games. You want him seeing him play in the playoffs, and it's not happening in LA. <laughs> Is it for the hobby, though? You've said on this podcast multiple times that what we like to see in the hobby are people in their original uniforms from the team that drafted them, and they do well there. And that is what Trout has been his entire career, obviously. So if he goes and ends up in pinstripes or wherever else he ends up, is that better for the hobby? So I think that he is the exception to the rule. We say these, these How guys convenient. Are- well, these guys are the, the, <laughs> the top of the top that people don't care what uniform they, they just want them. Um, people are going to collect Mike Trout. He has one of the most consistent values in the hobby. I know. And but I is think, that because he's on the team he's been on the whole time? I think it's because everybody likes Mike Trout. That might be it, too. All right, that's fair. I'll give you that. All right. Baseball isn't even playing, so 10 minutes on that is maybe already too much. But we'll see where everybody goes. It'll be hey, interesting. We're, we're two months away from prospecting season. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on to sports that are happening. And uh, one sport that has definitely been happening has been the NBA. Basketball is on fire because people are caring more about regular season games. Why are they caring more about regular season games? Well, there's been an in-season tournament. Um, Do they care more? Yes, absolutely. Uh, if anybody's been paying any attention, uh, these guys, especially on the in-season tournament games, with their cool new floors and like ridiculous jerseys, and it's been quite the spectacle, to be honest. It is a spectacle. It's been it's been pretty neat. Um, every game, though, people have been uh, trying. They've been playing their starters all the time. There's no load management involved with that. There's none of that shit. There, it's just people are like, we want to win this thing. We want to win the tournament. 
I know going into the season, there was a lot of people saying, do we care about this in-season tournament? Are the players going to care? Like, because if the players don't care, what's the point for us? But uh, I think it's pretty obvious that the players care. They've been, again, playing some of the hardest games in the world. Uh, you would think it'd be the playoffs. No, most of them have done it. I'm not even going to let you rebut that. No, but what I'm, I'm going to say is, okay, go ahead. That night, the other night, the last day where there were six of the eight spots on the tournament in the line was some of the best basketball ever. And it was a little bit ridiculous how they were, like, game planning for everybody. Like how the Celtics had to play against. I don't, I don't know if that's the best basketball, though. Why is that not the best? People, I, it's much better than a regular season game where like two teams are only like half ass into it because they know they just got to make the playoffs. Yeah, but I don't care about watching the Celtics up twenty points, hacking DeAndre Jordan to try to get Andre Drummond. Of, by the Andre way, Andre Drummond, pretty important there. But yeah, Andre Drummond, I get, I get it. But the point is, I understand the way you're saying. But they knew they had to win by what was it, twenty three points? Because if the Magic won by some certain yeah, number they wouldn't get in, but they're doing all of this work because they want to get in. And you only want to get in and do all that if you want to win it. And that's what they did. And so, that, so yes, that, that means that people care. That means that the teams want to win and they want to get in because obviously one is the first one. So there's obviously a, le- a kind of a legendary status for winning the first one. They get the cash prize, but I don't like, for me, that's not good basketball. I didn't enjoy watching the end of that game as they're trying to get, Win by 24. Sure. Okay, fine. You're going to pick out the one point that was weird out of all the other games that are really fun and competitive. That's cool. But at the end of the day, again, they're planning to do this because they want to get in. You have it, to- and, and basketball, in their defense, basketball's never had anything where that point differential really matters. There's never been like a playoff game on the line where, oh, well, we lost games one and two by 30 each, so we better win this one by 60. We're out. It's not like it's aggregate. Yeah, but... They Once needed again, to win by 23. They did what they had to do. Maybe it was weird, and I'm sure they're going to – again, it's the first one. They might fix something along the way to prevent something like that happening. But the Celtics felt bad. They apologized. They apologized to Drummond. They did the whole thing. But that's kind of what they had to do. I mean, that got them in. Like, they did what was necessary. The starters beat up the the second, third-string players to get a point differential. That's yes. not good basketball. Sure. Again, the one thing that you keep pointing what, out. What, out of all the other games that before we got to, like, the last night, all the other games were really fun and competitive. What happened if Jason Tatum gets hurt trying to go win by 23 instead of 21? doesn't matter. He's still trying to win a game. What if he gets hurt trying to win a game by one? It can happen. Because that, that actually means something. No, it could be a regular season game. He can blow out his ankle in, in a week. Yeah, but that's a game you're trying to win that matters, not trying to – Score more. The points tournament game still matters. Winning it still matters, and obviously matters to them to get to the tournament. That's the whole point. It matters to them because guess what? If it didn't matter to that to them, they wouldn't be playing Jason Tatum in that point. At that point in time, they would just said, "Sweet, we're up by twenty. Let's just put in all the bums." I so it like just it. shows that it matters. Thank you. Anyway, point differential matter. So now that we have our little bracket set here, we got the Lakers taking on the Suns, the Kings play the Pelicans, uh, the Bucks play the Knicks, Pacers play the Celtics. A little bit of a mix. Um, there's the big name teams, and then there's a couple. Th- like the Pacers aren't exactly world beaters, and you didn't expect much from them. I know Hall- Halliburton's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but they're going into the season where you're like, you need the Pacers. Look out for them to win the title. I, I did not, but I think they're third in the East right now. They're playing really good basketball. Halliburton has been an absolute star. Um, so it's it's kind of cool. I, I do find it funny if I look at this, uh, I look at the Eastern Conference, and I'm like, yeah, that could could almost be the Final Four could in be. the playoffs. And the East I, is all weird. And I look at the West, and I, I don't necessarily feel that. I feel like some of the better teams aren't listed there. Uh, but the West is deep, and anyone could make a run. But I think that the East is definitely more 
uh, what a playoff round robin could actually look like. Yeah, I guess so. Because, I mean, when you realize that right now the Lakers are the first seed in the tournament, but they're currently seventh at 11 and nine in the regular season, it kind of throws it for a little bit of like a, it's a little skewed. But uh, everybody else is, is everybody in playoffs, in a playoff spot that's in this? I think so, right? The Pelicans might be in a play-in. Um, why can't I say? Oh, no, they're right behind them at, at eight. So, yeah, so the Lakers yeah. and Pelicans will be playing teams right now. I mean, but look at the West. What's the top teams in the West? Indiana, also a playing team. But then it's Boston. It's the Magic, by the way. We'll get yeah. into that later. Um, the Bucks are third. The Knicks are fifth. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it's kind of like your top team. So, I understand what you're saying. Sac- although, then again, in the West, Phoenix is the highest division. It's actually right now, currently, the four teams in the West are the fifth, well, sixth, seventh, and eighth. That's what I'm saying. In the that's West, crazy. you're missing kind of your best teams there. That's pretty interesting. But, hey, whatever. Um... So here we are. What do you think is going to happen? What do you th- what do you think will be in the final before we get into what you want to have happen? So I just feel I, I don't know what it is. LeBron James is going to be in that finals. The Lakers, Doesn't it feel like it? It feels just like the Lakers will be there. Um, and I mean, as an NBA purist, old school NBA fan, Lakers versus Celtics in the first ever be really cool, would be right? really cool. That would be really neat. And I kind of I'm kind of with you on the on the Lakers aspect because. Like you brought up LeBron already, and what hasn't he done in this in his entire career? Well, he hasn't won this tournament. That's like the only thing he really hasn't done. So why wouldn't he want to try to do it? Absolutely. Uh, so maybe he'll go hard for that. That'll be pretty fun. Uh, again, on the on the east side of things, I think any of those teams can make it. Uh, you kind of already talked with the Pacers, and we know the Celtics are very good. And obviously, Milwaukee has Giannis, so anything's plausible. Um, I kind of think the Bucks will actually be the ones that get through. But in terms of what I want, I kind of want. Hold on, my phone's ringing. Oh, hey, Patrick. Uh, Patrick says we're wrong. It's the Knicks all the way. Hold on now. So you already ruined this for me. But the point is, I want the Knicks to get to the finals. I don't care if they play the – I think play the Pelicans, play whoever. I don't care who they play. I want the Knicks to win this. Because if the Knicks win this tournament but never win the other championship, I think they're just going to, like, hate themselves more. (laughs) And it will be just funnier. Like, fans will go bananas. Like, we can win this? We'll have to call Pat. During the game and see what he's doing. Or would they treat it like they won the World Series? <laughs> it's, it's like it's like Dodgers fans who won the, the COVID-shortened season. Right. Like, oh, yeah, we won the World Series. We did it. That's super fun. <laughs> um, you asked a question of could it be a finals preview? Yeah. I, I Like I said, I look at this, and I think that it's almost likely that whoever wins the East will be out of these four teams. Right. That's fair. Um. Out of the West, I don't think that's the case. I still think that Denver is probably the team to beat. Yeah, and Minnesota for awesome. all the all the issues they had last year with trying to fit Gobert in, have put it all together this year and look really good. Ant Man has been on another level. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's. Uh, I think the West is probably not coming out of those four teams. No, you have. Don't forget about the Thunder that's been looking good, and even Dallas. I mean, I don't well, know. There, there's there's a cloud over the Thunder that we won't talk about. Well. Hold on, we'll get out. We're not going to talk about it. I actually moved right on from there, went to <laughs> Dallas, and then you started bringing it up. But either way, um, there is still the Thunder, though, and they're, they've been pretty good, and I don't think... Shea's been amazing. Yeah, no, that's... You can absolutely be giddy about that team if you're a fan. But, like, as then you have Dallas, who obviously has Luka, and on top, <laughs> and on top of things, like, Kyrie isn't crazy yet. Also, what's kind of weird, Mark Cuban just sold the team. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. He made a quick... $3 billion off of it. Yeah, I know some people are, are speculating it might be health-related because he's not doing Shark Tank anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not as just him deciding that, hey, I'm going to enjoy my billions of dollars. And Well, no, it's not because he's still actually – there's a caveat in there that he still gets to like run the basketball operations or something. Yeah. So I don't know what it is specifically. I'm not looking it up because whatever. But, yeah, that's interesting. Um, are there any players to watch here? I mean, obviously I think Halliburton. Yeah. Watch him. The guy is leading the league in assists per game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's top 15 for points per game. And he is just basically the new point guard in the NBA. And it's it's great. Uh, it, you know, we we don't we forget about that because Halliburton was part of that trade uh, with Sabonis. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those few trades that seem to work out for both franchises where Halliburton has become the star for uh, the Pacers and Sabonis went over and has been great with, with Fox. Those uh, trades that like, work out for both teams are always the best ones. Uh, wouldn't that be fun if uh, Sacramento played the Pacers in the final? That'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a one. cool one too. Um, so, for the players here, we kind of talked about it in the beginning of the season podcast that we did, where we weren't sure if how you performed in the in-season tournament would actually like positively affect card values and how how much people are worth. Now that we're here and we're getting there, and you see how hard some of these teams are playing and some of these players are going, and who's in here? There's some big names in here. How do you think it's going to affect their card values? I think it's going to give some of these guys, like I said, some eyes on them. Yeah. Guys like R.J. Barrett and Brunson and the Knicks have both been playing really well. They both have pretty low autograph cost right now where mm-hmm. if you want to buy cards of them. Um, Phoenix, obviously, Durant is Durant, and everyone knows that. But mm-hmm. Devin Booker has kind of been overshadowed there. Another guy who's been playing really well. You have Sacramento that we've talked about before with the playoffs. Uh, Darren Fox, a bonus. Um, Do you feel like with, cause regardless of how you feel about the end season tournament, there are going to still be a lot more eyes on this in the next couple of days. What if Zion just carries the Pelicans and they just destroy the Kings? He destroys LeBron and then they beats the, then he just destroys the Celtics into winning it. What could that do to his values? I mean, he'll never reach where he was before, but if he like has a coming out party, finally, what, how much, how much higher do you think he could go? So I, I, I've talked about two a lot this way. Okay. There's there's a built-in injury factor in his cards right now. Mm-hmm. If you're buying him, you're buying him because people are like, hey, he's playing well now. Let me sell it now because I'm worried he's going to get hurt in a week. Mm-hmm. So no one's vest- investing heavily in him for the long term right now, or very few people are. So I think there's definitely an opportunity for his stuff to go up. He's been playing really good. The other night I think he had like 33, 8, and 5 or something like that. He's been playing great basketball. The Pelicans have been banged up, but they're still, like you said, in the playing tournament right now. Um, so it'd be great, great for him, great for the hobby. Just to see him stay healthy, it, it, it's good for everybody. Absolutely. Um, let's see what else we got here. Oh, so we're talking about teams that have been performing well and doing pretty good. Let's talk about one team that's doing the opposite of that. Uh, the Detroit Pistons, things are not going well for them. Yet again, they currently sit at two and seventeen. I don't think they won a game for the entire month of October. They no none of, no wins in November. November, no win November. Yeah, they probably didn't win in October either. It doesn't <laughs> even matter. No. Um, jokes aside, uh, what is up with them? What is why are they just not good? Um, so the coaches came out and basically blasted the team for lack of effort in the media, which okay. is not a good sign. Never. Um, I don't know. Cade Cunningham's been playing really well. He's averaging like 23 points a game um, and been what he's supposed to be. But nobody else has really stepped up on that team, in my opinion. And they've had some injuries. 
So I don't know. I I'm a guy who's been telling people to buy Cade Cunningham pretty much all off season. Right. And that his stuff hasn't really gone down, but it definitely hasn't gone up because they're so bad. Because they're so bad. I mean, there's a lot of high draft pick names here. Like uh, what yeah. was it, Duran Ivy? Yeah. Um, even one of the Thompson twins. So I know he's younger. He's a rookie, obviously, but still, the point is the talent's there. They're all just really, really young, and I think maybe part of the problem is they don't have, they don't have the vet that kind of like leads them a little bit better. Because like what you're talking about, if the coaches are coming out saying, "Ah, oh, these kids are just being kids. They don't care. They're doing the wrong thing. You know, they're not doing it the right way, et cetera, et cetera." That tells me that the veteran presence isn't really there. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think it's Bovanovic has been hurt most of the year. He's supposed to come back, I think, this week for them. Um, so that'll hopefully help them. And it, it could be one of these things where it just clicks near the end of the season and all of a sudden maybe they look good the last month and carries into next year. But if not, you almost have to blow this team up right now and, and try another reset. You think so? I feel like that's – I feel like it's too soon. I feel like everybody, because the main players here are still really young. You know, even even Cade, you know, he had his injuries and stuff, but he's popping. So now, theoretically, in a year, the next one might pop. You don't know. Well, I mean, blowing up could just be new GM, new coach. That's fair, too. Because, like I said, the coach has come out and the coach is the one going, oh, these guys aren't accountable for this, blah, blah, blah. Well, the coach is the one that's supposed to be holding them accountable. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like he's doing his part either. And he's going through the media now to do that, which is never good. Yeah, that's terrible too. But that also just might be the way the world's working nowadays where, oh, we go through social media to, to, to you know, so these players can realize what, what should be happening. I don't know. The world doesn't make any sense to me anymore. I'm getting too old. Speaking of, you know, young players though, a lot of them have had pretty hot starts. I mean, right here you wrote Fox, SGA, Halliburton that we talked about. Maxie and Philly's been doing good. Obviously, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo, even though did he just get hurt? He just got hurt. Stay. He's been playing great. Zion has been playing well. Chet, very, very good. Webinyano, obviously, has been pretty good. Uh, they got Barnes and Mobley on here, too. A lot of young players who have been doing very well. Um, their numbers are going up a little bit in the hobby in terms of value. Uh, who are you most excited about here? You know, I... SGA and Chet over in Oklahoma City is great. I think that this Chet first Wimbayana uh, Rookie of the Year race is going to be absolutely incredible. Both guys are playing great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is going to be a um, – basically for years to come, these guys will be playing against each other in the same division. going to be a great rivalry between the two. Very similar kind of players. Um, so I think it's it's great. I like what you're saying, but the problem with that is, oh, they're playing in the same division. They're going to play each other a whole bunch. With the way the NBA works now, these guys jump teams all the time. That It's not like it's going to be a 10-year rivalry. It might be a 10-month rivalry at this point. Yeah, I, maybe. But you look at um, the Spurs. They've had some guys that have been there a long time. And I know it's not mm-hmm. the same Tim Duncan, David Robinson era, but they very well could be cornerstone players that they're going to keep for the next 15 years and, and just continually build around especially if they're going to be good. If Oklahoma City can be good over the next 10 years, there's a very good chance he stays. That's very true. Um, yeah, I guess, whoops. I guess uh, I was trying to think of, like, which young player I wanted to pick here. And the answer is I'm just happy that all of them are doing well. And I'm not trying to do, like, the both teams had fun type thing. But realistically, the more players that are – because, like, some of our better players in the NBA are getting older. They might be on their way out. You know, They might lose it. Just, like – I just look at these names and like the future is bright. 
Absolutely. And, and it's bright for the NBA itself. I would consider it bright for the card world that, you know, we should be talking more about here. But I'm just saying, like, everything, every name here is somebody that, like, when I'm building a product, like when I build a hit parade, these are all the names I use and these are the names people want. So it's just like, it's just awesome to see all of these players performing well and just, no, they're not flaming out. I mean, we just named a couple people on the Pistons that they're kind of flaming out maybe, but like the future is all here. We got 10 names here, just really, really great players. And they're all so young. And I think it's just everything. I know it's a cop out to not pick one, but I don't care. I think it's kind of awesome that everybody's doing well and hopefully they continue to do well. And it just makes the game better for everybody. Yeah, you're, you're starting to see the, the older generation starting to uh, slowly fade away. And I say slowly because LeBron James is still absolutely a monster. Steph, when he wants to be, yeah, absolutely. Steph Curry is still shooting the, the lights He's out. carrying the Warriors to um, the 10th seed. I mean, Chris, Chris Paul has been good at, off the bench for them. But these are players that are slowly going to go away. Um, and you need guys to fill those shoes. And I think there's a lot of players ready to step up uh, to be that guy. For sure. And about the star, what about the stars that are already, you know, top tier stars? Jokic, MB, Durant, Curry, LeBron, Luka. You wrote Carl Anthony Towns for some reason. Tell me about him. Why'd you write him? He's been playing great. And they, Minnesota now has kind of figured it all out. Yeah. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns has, is more of that stretch four now with Gobert playing the five. He can shoot threes. He's big enough to post up smaller guys. Does a little bit of everything. He's great defensively. Um, Big guys don't ever get enough love in the hobby. True. But he is really good. And, and like I said, he's kind of changing the narrative of him just being a, a down low defensive guy. I mean, a couple of years ago, he won a three-point contest. Like right. it's, it's crazy to see the things he can do. Um, and they, like I said, they figured it out. Ant-Man's incredible. Uh, Conley, I think at one point a year, had like a 25-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. Um, a really smart, good uh, facilitator at the point guard spot. And it's just a, it's a fun team. Okay, so here's another question for you, because you also wrote, like, you know, talking about how good Tatum's been, Lillard, Giannis. These are all names that we expect to be pretty good here. You also wrote Trey Young, and I think he's very interesting. I know he's scoring a lot because that's kind of his thing. There was a couple years there where his card values were through the roof because he was scoring. He had that playoff win over the Knicks. Or did they lose? I can't remember. Were he pissed off all of New York? He won. They they won that one. Yeah, yeah, sorry. My brain has mashed potatoes, everyone. So then he kind of fell off. And then he fell off kind of hard where everybody's like, oh, maybe he's just kind of immature and not that good. Blah, blah, blah. But now he's having a type of resurgence. You feel that's this is who he is or if this is more I, of. I, I don't know what's a resurgence. I think he has always been the same player. I just think the narrative around him has changed. OK. Uh, and the team. I mean, Atlanta had a, a down year last year. Atlanta's kind of mediocre right now this year. But if you look at his stats, he's still one of the best shooters in the league. I think he's second or third in assists per game right now. Mm-hmm. So not only is he scoring a bunch, he's facilitating. And I just think that he likes to kind of play that villain role. And because of that, I just don't think he's well-liked across the, the hobby and, and across the NBA. That's fair. I mean, he did just turn 25. So usually around that is when, like, the light starts to come on. So, I mean, he's already a very talented player, as we spoke about before. But I, I also think there's some concern that he might not stay in Atlanta. Um they haven't really won anything with him there. Uh, like you did say the one playoff series, but they haven't won anything since. And he seems like a guy that might be someone to go say, "Hey, I want to go somewhere else." So there might be there might be some somewhere. Yeah, he might, there might be some uncertainty in collecting him. That hey, who knows where he'll be next year? Do you feel like teams still need a big three like they did a few years ago, or can a big two get it done? 
I mean, do the Nuggets really have a big three? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they had they had a big two, and they had a bunch of really good pieces. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Porter Jr. has been a very good player, but I don't think he's a third. Aaron Gordon's a very good player. I don't think he's a third star. Like, they've had a couple players that were really good, but not necessarily that third piece. So, I don't know. I mean, the Mavericks are playing really well with two, with basically Luka and Kyrie, um, and a bunch of good role players that fit around them. Who's the Bucks three? Middleton's a third. Middleton's great. I okay. think I think that's a not, but they won without a third. When they won with Giannis, they didn't have a third. Uh, I mean, maybe they did. Drew Holiday's so underrated. I know. But the point is, if you have to talk yourself into it, it's not an obvious big three. It's not like LeBron, Wade, and Bosch, like how it used to be, where people were doing it that way. I'm starting to think that NBA teams are going to start going towards super maxing their top two and then just instead of investing all their money in one player to be a third, they're going to spread it out a little bit over like three guys maybe to kind of like rotate in and be in the third just so that the team's better overall. Yeah, I, I mean, know fit. I know fit matters more, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that's like the new way of doing business in the NBA. And let's be honest, the big threes, they they were big threes because all the role players wanted to go play with LeBron. So you could go to Miami and do that. Mm-hmm. When Durant went to um, Golden State with Clay and Steph, well, guess what? Everybody wanted to go play there because they had that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have a big three that people are clamoring to play with that your veteran guys, you know, a guy like Mike Miller who took a lot less money to play with Miami to go win championships with LeBron mm-hmm. than that. I don't, I don't know if there's a team right now that you want to do that with. No, I don't think so either. That's kind of why I was half bringing it up too. It's yeah. I mean, look at, look at Philadelphia. It's two. It's, you mm-hmm. know, to Tobias Harris is a great third player, but he's not a third star. It's Maxi and Embiid running the show. Yep. It's interesting. It'll be fun to watch to see how the season plays out. Of course, uh, we'll be talking more about, well, the in-season tournament, um, probably in the next episode. We might actually do one two weeks in a row. Who knows? We'll get a little wild with it. But leaving the leaving the NBA, uh, the NHL has been kind of on fire, too. Scoring's been a little bit up there. Games have been pretty exciting. And speaking of exciting goals, uh, last night for the Penguins, goaltender Tristan Jerry, he scored a goalie goal, which is always super cool. Um, Tampa Bay, they were playing the Lightning. They pulled their they pulled their goalie, obviously, because i will be ama- way more amazing if he scored on a goalie. But... Uh, yeah, they just there was a zone entry that kind of got away from Tampa Bay, went right right to Tristan, and he just kind of corralled it and just fired it down right into the open net. It was like the coolest thing ever. It was a really good shot too. Um, how do you feel about it? I think it's great because I think I saw that he's the seventeenth goalie to score. Yep. Um, and a handful of those guys are goalies that actually didn't score. Uh, I remember the Sabers, Mika Dornan had a goalie goal. Oh, because he's the last one to touch the puck. Because he made a save, and a guy like came out from me, took it, went around the net, and tried to pass it out in front and pass it through everybody and score it on his yep. own net. But he got credit for the goal because he was the last one to touch it. So to actually, when you see the goalie make a play shoot on it. the puck and shoot it down is is really cool. That's definitely pretty neat. Um, sounds like you've had that happen to you in hockey. Before. So, yeah, I saw that, and I immediately think of um, it was 2014 playing in a big national tournament, and we're down 3-2 with less than a minute left. We pull the goalie. We get a zone entry with probably 15, 20 seconds left. Goalie did the same thing that Jari did. Just corralled it and fired. Corralled it, fired it down, over two guys jumping in front of him into the net to clinch the championship. So it wasn't even like it was just like a round-robin game or whatever. It was the championship game. Unbelievable. He, 36 episodes, he still hasn't figured out to turn his phone off. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, so that's pretty cool. And, you know, 
Sucks that it happened to you, but it's still kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, speaking of cool things that have happened, Patrick Kane, long time, you know, good NHL hockey player. He uh, he had his hip issues, so he's been taking his time. He's a free agent. He was one of the big stories of the NHL was, where's Patrick Kane going to sign? And I know there was more than a few teams looking for him. Uh, Toronto, Dallas, I know Buffalo was looking at him, of course. Uh, even Chicago was considering bringing him back. He could play with Bedard. But uh, he decided to go play uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. How does that make you feel? As someone who bet the Sabres to have more points at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. The Red Wings with uh, Mr. Jason Golesky. Uh, I'm a little frustrated by that. Um, I mean, listen, he picked a team that's playing really well right now. The Red Wings are young. They're playing good hockey. So I, I can't be mad at it. I do think it's kind of funny that it's the Red Wings and Blackhawks that have quite a long history of each other. Yeah. But, but they don't anymore because they're in different divisions now. <laughs> right. Well, that's true. I know. I forget that, like, the teams that are in the East that – Definitely used to be in the West a while ago, like Detroit, Toronto, even. Like I remember great games between Chicago and Detroit and like a good rivalry there. And now they're not even in the same division. Yeah. I saw one thing online and it's an interesting thing about Patrick Kane. They're like, has anybody ever had a better collection of jerseys than he has? Because, I mean, dude has like the – he's all original six teams. He had the iconic Blackhawks jersey for forever. Then he played for the Rangers, who, despite how you might feel about them, still original six teams, still a classic jersey. Now he goes to Detroit, same thing. I think that's pretty cool that he's just had like a really cool jersey collection and that'll help his cards that'll come out. Yeah. I I think it's funny. Um I it was Daniel Sprong, I think, was wearing eighty eight. Was that where was that was it? Oh, I believe it was him, yeah. And basically was like, um, this is the best door uh, American born player probably ever to play hockey. <laughs> so when he comes to the team, I give him the jersey number. Absolutely. Because that's what you do, right? Like I mean Buy me a steak dinner, here's the here's the jersey. Yeah, I was gonna say. So if you were ever in that position where you were the guy that you know, you thought you were pretty, you're pretty okay player. You'd been there for a few years, and then a new guy came in who's just done a lot more than you have in the game. Do you give up the jersey number right away, or do you, did Sprong give it up because he hasn't been there for forever? I, I, that might have been part of it. It's, it's, I guess it's different if you've been on the same franchise for eight years and you've worn the same number. It might mm-hmm. be a different story. Um, but there's there's a thing of you know you respect greatness. Yeah, and the hey, that's, that's your number. Buy me a nice dinner. We'll call it a day. I, I always find it funny when you hear stories of players trying to extort money about other players. Oh, give me twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, no. For my, come on, it's for a number. The only person that I ever feel bad for in that scenario when people change numbers like that is the fans because I can't imagine many people in Detroit are rocking sprung '88 jerseys. But there have been times where people change their numbers or whatever, and all these people who spent you know two hundred bucks on a jersey, they're just kind of like left out in the cold. Yeah, I remember that, you know, in Buffalo, Jack Eichel decided, hey, I'm not going to be 15, I'm going to be 9. And just randomly, it wasn't even like someone came in to take the number from him. He was just like, yeah, I'm changing my number. Mm -hmm. I remember, yeah, because that happened to me because one of my favorite hockey players ever was uh, Miroslav Shatan. And he he wore 81 for a long time. It's part of the reason that I wore 81, him and Peerless Price. But uh, all of a sudden, just one year, he said, you know what, I'm going to wear 18. I don't know what happened. They, they got rid of Krojic or something, but he decided, oh, I wore 18 in Edmonton. We traded for him from Edmonton. And so now he was just going to wear his number. And it's like, man, you've been 81 for four seasons already. Like, what are you doing here? And then I think he started off on a slump, as he tended to do anyway. And he's like, no, it's the number change. Immediately, I think he changed back mid-season. That sounds about right. It was hilarious. So I went back to, so I was like getting ready to buy an 18 jersey. So I had, you know, one that was accurate. And then he went back. So I didn't have to get anything. It was great. And then I got to laugh at all the people that bought 18 jerseys. It was perfect. <laughs> but I do feel like teams, my point was that I do feel like teams 
should do something for fans when players change the numbers, especially when we get to the NFL. These guys switch numbers every year, it seems now, now that the rules are just more like relaxed. Yeah. So I feel like if you're out there trotting around and like uh, hit to hit close on like a James Cook 28 jersey he used to wear, yeah. and all of a sudden he's running around in four, it's like maybe like have like a jersey buyback program or something. There's got to be something out there. I don't know. But uh, anyway, before we get more into football, last but not least, hockey. Uh, season's at the quarter mark. Everybody's played about 20 games or more. Uh, how are you feeling about the league right now? Uh, I, you know, I think a lot of things that we talked about expected to happen is, has happened. Um, I think the Devils have are a little bit of a disappointment, but that was kind of coincide with Jack Hughes getting hurt. Um, I, I think the big one is is Edmonton and their struggles is the one that sticks out of kind of the, the surprise of the year right now. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Um, I think everybody, like, <laughs> I mean, I know on this show specifically, we had people, like, I think my my Stanley Cup final pick is New Jersey over Edmonton. Like, Connor McDavid, best player in the world. <clears throat> Leon, probably, like, top five best player in the world. Uh, they really had it together with their power play. They were awesome in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, just the wheels fell off. I don't know, their goalie forgot how to save. Uh, McDavid got hurt, too, and I believe that he was a little more banged up than he let on, which is why he, likes wasn't playing too well for a while. But then the last couple of weeks, especially since the coaching change, he's been uh, getting back up to you know what you expect out of him. So Edmonton's, like, kind of fixing it. So that was a bit of a surprise, but luckily they made the right changes earlier in the season where they still have, you know, 60-ish games to make the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, that's all that really matters. Then you just got to go hard. Um, I think one of the more disappointing things right now for me is, is the Washington Capitals. It's not that they're, it's not even how they're playing. It's that they're 20 games in and Ovechkin only has five goals. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the worst part because I think the most, I think like, I don't really care too much about individual player, you know, performances like that, but I kind of want to see him get the record just because I think he's an awesome player and it'd be cool. Plus it's. Once he breaks it, I don't even know who comes close to breaking it after that. Like, they'll have to do more rule changes and stuff. But Ovechkin's only played the game the right way. And for a while there, it was like, uh-oh, did Father Time win? But he started off, he he was goalless for a while. I don't remember how many games. Now he's started to notch a few, so things are getting better. But right now, you expect him to be at, like, 10 goals, not five. So his uh, race to first place is gonna might take a little bit longer than he anticipated. Yeah, I looked at one game. And he had like 15 shots on net mm-hmm. and one goal. Yep. Um, and I think one of the five goals is an empty net goal that he had. Mm-hmm. So he's actually only beat a goaltender four times this year, which is incredible. Um, father time is undefeated. And I, I hope this is just a, a slump for Ovechkin and it's not the beginning of the end because he's been so fun to watch for so long. I know. I wonder if it's a part of how they're playing. I had to double check the stats here to make sure I'm right. So the top teams in the league are scoring right around 70 to 80 goals. Uh, Washington, even though they have a winning record and they're third in their division, they've only scored 51. Um, that is just for, uh, hold on, let me double check here. Yeah. The only team that scored less goals than them are the San Jose Sharks who are terrible. So Washington is just not putting the the puck in the net regardless. Then like you just said, Ovechkin had 15 shots on goal one game and wasn't really scoring. That just tells me that the numbers will soon regress or like actually, yeah, they're going to get back to the mean and they're going to start scoring a little bit more because things always have a way of averaging out, of course. But yeah, right now for them to have one of the greatest goal scorers in NHL history, just be sitting there at 51 points or 51 goals for total. And he only has five of them. That is bananas. So I I saw a stat and I don't, I don't remember the exact number. So I don't want to quote it here, 
But I saw somewhere where Ovechkin's lost like seven miles per hour on his slap shot or something like that this year. That makes sense. So he could be a, a pitcher who just lost his fastball, um, and he might have to make some adjustments of how he scores goals. Mm-hmm. I, I think of some some guys that played around his age that played a similar style, like a Bill Guerin, that end up being instead of being the guy that stood there and took slap shots, was the guy in front of the net that did all the dirty stuff. Mm-hmm. And he might find have to find new ways to score goals and not just rely on that howitzer that he has. Well, I mean, to be fair, though, this guy has scored goals a million. He scored goals from on his back upside down. So uh, finding new ways to score goals, he can still do. I still think he gets the record. I feel like he's going to play until he gets it, and Washington isn't going to tell him no, so why yeah. not? But uh, one person I'll point out, though, is – you know, Olovetskin's getting up there in age, blah, blah, blah. Well, so Sidney Crosby. And Crosby's having a really great start to the year. Um, Pittsburgh is not doing well. They're not winning as much as I thought they were. But I know that Crosby's already got 14 goals. He's got 25 points. He's near the top of the leaderboards. Uh, it's just really cool because Sid's another one where you're like, all right, he's getting a little bit up there in age. The Penguins, maybe they're going to fall off, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of put the team on, their, on his back a little bit, and he's – Trying his best, although maybe everybody else on his team isn't exactly helping him out. What do you mean Tristan Jerry just scored a goal? I know. What else can he do? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, <laughs> fair. I guess he needs more goalies to score. But uh, Crosby's been really good. Jake Gensel has been very good as well. Malkin, another old guy. He's got 20 points in 22 games. And their big uh, offseason acquisition of Eric Carlson's there with 18 points. But the rest of it just isn't great. Like Chris Letang only has one goal, and he's kind of just been playing, I don't know, dirtier than ever. Like he's, but that's just, that's neither here nor there. I like, I would like to see the Penguins do better, but no. right now you can't. Cause what I kind of want, I cheer against the Penguins. No, no, no. I'd like to see them do better for those reasons. I understand that. I cheer against them as well, but I would like them to bull. I would like them and the Caps to make the playoffs. Cause I'd like one more series between Ovechkin and Crosby. Cause I don't think we have another sh- like shot at it after this year. It yeah. won't be, it won't be, if we're going to get anything close to the same, it would have to be this year. And Unfortunately, all these young teams are still going to just jump ahead of them. The Flyers are a little bit of a surprise. That surprises me. I did not see that coming. Um, I, I still kind of expect them to fade. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they've been, they've been playing good hockey. They've been scoring some goals and getting clutch goaltending. Yeah, but uh, speaking of teams you thought were going to fade but didn't, I know. I don't like them either. But tip of the cap to the Boston Bruins. 15-4-3 right now, uh, leading, their, leading the league, aren't they? They're I think so. It's pretty close. If not, I don't know. Vegas has one more point at this point, but it doesn't matter. Point is, this was the year that everybody's like, ah, finally, Boston. They're going to get out of everybody's way. And, it's and you know, that's an extra playoff spot for a Detroit or a Buffalo or a um, Ottawa. Ottawa. Ottawa, who has just been not great either. So, they're you know, they're sitting at the bottom of the standings. But Boston just, they sent ship players out. They, you know, bring them back, you know, bring in a couple new players and they just, they just do what they do, and part of that is culture. Having guys that know how to win, having a superstar like Pasta, that always helps. It just—I hate the Bruins. Good for them, though. Whatever. Who else you got? We have—we only talked about the East. What about the West? You got any surprising teams in there besides Edmonton, obviously? Um, not really. You know, I was—I was big on Colorado. They're—they're they're leading their division. Vegas mm-hmm. looks like a absolute steamroller after winning the Cup last year. Um, it's okay. I got it. Vancouver, the Vancouver Canucks. That's a good one. The Vancouver Canucks. If you read anything on social media about them in the off season, it's, Oh no, these guys don't want to be here. We're going to have to blow it up. We stink. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Vancouver came out 
flying this year. Uh, they've been one of the best stories of the NHL, if you ask me. It has nothing to do with the fact that my fantasy team has JT Miller, Elias Pettersson, and Quinn Hughes on it, but those guys have been tremendous. They're all leading the league in scoring. Um, Vancouver has just been really good, and your boy Demko has been rock solid between the pipes, which he kind of wasn't last year. And now all of a sudden Vancouver's gone from maybe we should trade these guys to nope, we should add to them and get moving, which they did just make a trade. They just traded for uh, Zadarov from, yeah, I, from, from Calgary. Demko got hurt last year. He's always been kind of the guy that last couple of years they're waiting for him to really arrive. And this seems like he finally, finally is here and he's been great. Um, fun to watch. I, I always liked when Vancouver was good. I remember uh, when they made the, the cup run versus the Bruins with Kessler, who was, I was a big fan. Yeah, you're of. a big Ryan Kessler guy. Um, so it's I, I always kind of cheer for them. Also, back in the day, I used to love playing video games with Vancouver, and they had Pavel Burry and, great. and Alexander Mogilny. And Cliff Ronning. And they were so fast. Trevor Linden. Yeah. I can do this forever. Yep. <laughs> so I've always, always kind of liked the, the Canucks. Yeah, no, the Canucks are always like – have always been a fun team, especially back when they had the, the cool skate jersey that they, that they brought back. Um, I really like them. It's cool to see them doing well. I have no ill will towards Vancouver whatsoever. Even when they had like the Sedin Twins and stuff, it was – they're always a good team. They're yeah. never, it's hard to hate them. Hey, let's have a card show in Vancouver. That'd be super cool, except that, no, because we're not going to go. It's Canada. It makes it tough. We're not going to go at all. Um, but getting back on what I want the other thing I wanted to say. So Vancouver, they're surprising. There's, they're better than expectations. So let's talk about the card market for a minute. Maybe not so much Miller because he's 30, but Patterson is a young stud. And Quinn Hughes is obviously, he's got that Hughes last name that I know you hold so dear since, you know, it's yours. But Quinn is outplaying Jack Hughes right now. His cards are through the roof. Um, is he outplaying Jack Hughes? Absolutely. He's a defenseman in Vancouver. Jack Hughes is averaging two points a game. He just missed two weeks of hockey. So Quinn Hughes is playing better. Got it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and also uh, Vancouver is second in the division and New Jersey's not even in a playoff spot right now. So we'll see. Uh, but right now, do you see their I, values? A little wager here. Who has more points in the year, Devils or Canucks? I guess so, sure. No, because the West is harder, and they got to play Colorado more and stuff. No, I don't like that uh, idea. See? Oh, all of a sudden. I did pick New Jersey to win the Cup, to be fair. So <laughs> you can't give me that. But right, I'm talking about right now. So Quinn Hughes' value is, is up a lot, for sure. Absolutely. Um, Jack Hughes' value is already high. How, what's Luke Hughes doing? Why is he being a bum? Why isn't he up yet? <laughs> He is just having a lot of stuff. It's just a matter of I know. amount of cards on the market for people to buy, which actually helps his value because his stuff is, is hard to find. So it is pretty good. Um, Pedersen, I will tell you, two years ago, Pedersen was probably one of the five hottest names in the hobby. Yeah. Um, and then over the last year and a half, it's kind of cooled, and he is picking up steam again, which is great because he's a great hockey player on a terrible fantasy team. Isn't he only like – you mean a world champion <laughs> fantasy team? Um, is he only like 24 too? 25? I think it might be 25 now. Yeah, they're all 26. just kids. It's amazing. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, is there, are there any other players that, uh, based on how they're playing, you think can is going to see their market, their value go up? I'm, I'm trying to think, like, maybe buy the dip on McDavid right now. Yeah, well, that's a good buy. Yeah, there, yeah, there you go. There's your uh, buy, sell, hold. NHL players, pick them. Good luck, Tom. Um, hold Jack Hughes. If you don't buy him now because he's already really high, even though I think he might go a little bit higher. Uh, buy Connor McDavid. is still best player in hockey. Can't go wrong there. Uh, and sell Sidney Crosby. Kale McCarr. Sell Kale McCarr right now. Actually, you know what? 
buy a Vetchkin and and hold or hold a Vetchkin. There you go. Yeah, do the all guys up. ones. I'm not saying sell Kale McCarver because he's terrible. I'm just saying sell him because I think he's just gonna dip more. That's all. Yeah, he's he's on a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, but he's, he's very he, good. He's the second best player on his team, though. Do you sell Jason Robertson because he kind of had a really crappy start, or do you buy him because you probably buy him because I think he's still a really good player, and I think Dallas team is still a very good team. Fair enough. I'm with you on that. All right, last but not least, because we got to keep going, we are going to get to the NFL. That has been quite exciting. Um, card card values are going all over the place, but one player in particular, I have a feeling his card value is just raising to the, the moon. C.J. Stroud. Ha. Just C.J. Stroud. First rookie fan. win offensive player of the month this yeah. past month. He's, he's been... Nothing short of fantastic. Um, he just keeps slinging it, man. He's He's got – I know it's cliche, but he's got that gunslinger mentality. Uh, for the longest time, he didn't throw an interception. Then he threw one. I know he, th- I know he threw three in a, a game recently. But other than that, he's been everything everybody ever wanted from him. Uh, a lot of people thought Houston was going – were going to be not great. Uh, that's why they got – you know, crapped on for trading their pick when they took Will Anderson. So, like, why would they do that? They're going to have another first overall pick. No, not so much. Houston's a legitimate playoff contender. Uh, they play the games really tough. They do. They have running backs kicking extra points. When kickers get hurt, they just have everything going pretty well for them. Um, first things first. Could C.J. Stroud win the MVP? It's a, It's not a. Uh, it's a long shot, but yes, I think he absolutely could. Well, what do you have to do for that to happen? I think they'd have to win their division. I think he'd have to come back and they'd have to surpass Jacksonville, who they just lost to. Okay. Uh, but they'd have to win their division. Um, and I think he'd have to finish probably in the top five for touchdowns and passing yards. Okay, fair enough. Um, just like you said, I think I think this question's a week too late. Did they just play Jacksonville? Or yeah, they just lost to Jacksonville. This I know, so when they lost – Losing to Jacksonville obviously hurts his MVP case. I mean, he didn't play terrible. They just didn't win. Because, again, the Texans, again, they're sitting at 6-5. and five. They're doing really excellent. Uh, Tink Dell's been awesome. Nico Collins has been awesome. Dalton Schultz has been very, very good. Like, the offense has just been rolling. With the, actually, the offense has no running game they're doing this with. Well, Devin Singletary's been fine, too. He's been okay. Pierce has, Pierce has dropped off, good. but whatever. It's a running game. It's just put dudes out there. That's how running games work nowadays. Uh, that's why nobody wants to pay them. So anyway, the point is Stroud, you know, Stroud's playing really well, but his MVP chances as outside as they were, they died when they lost to Jacksonville. They, if he came out and they won that game by 20 points, oh man, that's a whole different conversation. I, I completely disagree. Okay. That's fine. I, Cause I don't think that there's a guy that's pulled away from anybody yet. I think that there's still seven or eight guys that could, go on a run the last five weeks of the year and, and come away with the MVP. Okay. Um, Jalen Hurts had a great win against the Bills, clutch moment, come winning game-winning touchdown, running the ball. Uh, but he had two turnovers that game. Um, if you look at him, he's second for overall touchdowns, and he's third for overall – or he might be fourth now because of Josh Dobbs' four interception night on Monday. He has the fourth most uh, turnovers. So the same thing – you know, if you look numbers wise, him and Josh Allen are the same. Just he's winning. Josh Allen isn't. Uh, Mahomes is having a down year for him. There's nobody that jumps out. I, I, I'll beat the drum for Christian McCaffrey. Mm. The guy's been everything they could ever dream of. I think he has 11 rushing touchdowns and five receiving touchdowns this year. Uh, scored in all but one game. Tyreek Hill's been great, but I, I don't see one guy that's that far ahead of everybody that you can't have somebody else jump in. Yeah, obviously, uh, the last few years. 
decade maybe. The MVP has basically been a best quarterback award. Uh, it's it sucks that it's gone that way, but I also understand why because of how important the quarterback is to you know everything. Um, so yeah, I still find it incredibly hard for a running back or wide receiver to uh, pull that off and be an MVP. The only way that's going to happen for Hill is if he breaks two thousand yards. So if he actually does that, okay, he set a record. You know, he did something nobody else has done before, you know, but I still think Miami would have to, well, they'll probably win their division anyway, and this is a regular season award, so it's not really going to matter. If he does that and everybody else is still mediocre, I can see him doing it. I get McCaffrey, but the problem with that is that he plays in San Francisco. They win a whole bunch, and people like to point out that Purdy's been good, and Debo's been good, and Kittle's really good, and it's the system, and it's all that other jazz. So with with Shanahan He is the system. I understand that. Look at that team. I'm just pointing out out what could be going wrong for, for his bid at MVP. You know, whereas like Hertz, he's got a lot of great weapons around him. I know that dude keeps running for one yard like nobody's business. Um, are, are we really going to give this guy an MVP because he scored six touchdowns on a tush push? Come on. It, he still scored it. Not everybody can do that. I mean, he did it. You can't take it away from him because he scored. That's not on him. You know, that's on the def- the opposing defense for letting him or the opposing defense for tackling somebody else at the one. Yeah. But like literally like. He's second in touchdowns, and I, I would assume that at least six of his rushing touchdowns are touch pushes. Yeah, maybe, but so what? It's just part of the game, man. But that's not Tom that's Brady not, scored. Tom stuff. Brady scored eighty friggin' touchdowns on a QB sneak where he spread them wide and snuck in there. But he would get those one yard runs all the time, it, which is which nobody is put nobody took that against him. It's the I'm, same I'm, thing. I'm just I'm not taking it against him, but I'm not giving him credit for it. What is he doing that the next best player can't do? If you put Josh Allen on the Eagles. Tom, that's why this Eagles? is a close race. That's the whole point. It's not like he's blowing out, blowing everybody out of the water. Nobody's sitting here saying he's the far and away top contender. Okay, here's a question for you. Okay. C.J. Stroud and Jalen Hurts get traded. What is the Eagles record with C.J. Stroud at quarterback? I don't know. Probably still pretty good because he's throwing to A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. What's the record of the, the Texans? I don't know. Probably about the same. Okay, I'm, I'm just saying if you want to look at what they've done and what they're actually giving to their the franchise, I don't think Jalen Hurts is elevating that team enough to be the runaway MVP. To be the, I think he's not the runaway MVP. That's the whole point. Well, he's he's the best. Nobody's a runaway. Right Nobody's runaway. Everybody is all in the same spot, and that's what actually is going to make this race compelling. Because you bring up a pretty good point. Are there players you think you can still buy low who can win it all? And I know you're probably talking about the Super Bowl here. Absolutely. But what about the MVP? Who can you still buy that can? I mean, there's a guy last night that played out of his mind that still people like to make fun of, and Brandon Cooks. I know. Wait, what? <laughs> and Dak Prescott. He's been he's been incredible for most of the year. He's had a couple downers, but every quarterback this year has. Um, he's a guy that I think could absolutely do that. Um, a guy that no one talks about, and he's had a couple couple rough games. And Thanksgiving was not his best performance, but Jared Goff and the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, are a team that's right there. It could be very good. Um, I mean, heck, I the, the Bills have the third best point differential in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I just to me, you look at it, and a lot of things can change. And there's no dominant team in in the league right now where I think that hey, it's one of these four teams. Like, I feel like the last couple of years, we sit here by week 12, 13, and we can say hey, one of these six teams are going to be the champion. Sure. I don't think I don't think I can say that this year. No, I don't think so either. Um, 
All right, then. So to wrap up our MVP talk real quick, who do you think is going if, – if the season ended right now, you're giving it to McCaffrey? That's who I would vote for. Okay, that's cool. Um, who do you think isn't fully in the running that we didn't mention yet that if the season goes – the re- if the rest of the season goes their way, they can pull it off? So I think as a bat, and another homerness is Josh Allen. I set him up for this because I knew yeah, he was going to say it. Yeah, Josh Allen. I just – once again, if you look, he's the most total touchdowns in the league. Um, he has the most passing touchdowns. He is on a team where he does so much for that team, where if they go on a run of five and Oh, and they go beat the chiefs, the Cowboys, the dolphins mm-hmm. that he could, he could catapult himself into Absolutely. that run. Especially if he plays well. Um, yeah, it's all lined up there, but, uh, it's pretty funny because I think the one thing you need to win MVP is media narrative. Uh, no, absolutely. It's the biggest reason why, like, even though you just spouted off all of your reasons that maybe Hurts isn't that guy or that I'll, I'll say, like, maybe Mahomes should be that guy because he's still playing really well with nothing. And uh, you can use, usually you, you get to say, oh, well, he has Travis Kelsey and Kelsey's awesome. <sighs> Travis Kelsey might be washed. He's no, close. He's just, he's just he might a, be. He's not washed. He's just he dist- might be. He's distracted. No, it's not because she's on the other side of the world. He's just not. Playing the way we're used to Travis Kelsey playing. Maybe he's playing hurt. Maybe it's something else. Because he's distracted. He's not fully invested. The point is, it it doesn't matter. The point is, he's not playing as good as he has in recent years. Mahomes is nothing. Rasheed Rice is kind of nice sometimes. That might be a hit. But he's got nothing else. And he's still winning. He's still playing really, really well. That's why I see it. Because MVP, we talked about this again, going to that we're from Buffalo. When Dominic Ashok won the MVP, when he won the Hart Trophy, it was player judged to be most valuable to his team. And that's why Hatchet won, because the Sabres were good, but it was because we had the best goalie that ever lived. Kansas City, their offense is crap, and the only reason they're still doing well is because they have the best player, and he is most valuable to their team. I disagree. All right, you just did your little trade thing. If C.J. Stroud and Mahomes switch teams, how good are the Chiefs? They're probably 500. Probably lower than that. But if the Texans had Mahomes, they're probably winning their division. I would agree with that. So there you go. So there you go. That's but I, why I have Mahomes as my leader personally. I don't like saying it. I don't. Like, he sounds like Kermit. He's a little weird looking. His helmet always looks too big, but it's fine. Point is, I think this dude's doing the most with the least. Still, but I, so I think. I say that, but I'm taking it because I know how good Mahomes is. I don't think Mahomes has been great this year. No, I mean, no, no. I mean, didn't they, say he's great. Didn't say he was great. But we're talking about a close race, and I still think because everything's pretty close, he gets a nod because he's doesn't he doesn't have AJ Brown and Devonta Smith out there like Hertz does. He just lost to the Eagles without scoring a point in the second half. Sure, and I know they had the big drop and yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Tyree Kill catches that for touchdown. Sorry, I, I agreed. But the guy didn't score in the second half of a game. I get it. They're winning right now because actually that Steve Spagnuolo defense actually looks really good. And they're mm-hmm. winning not just despite the offense. It's Mahomes doing Mahomes things with a lesser cast, which I agree with. But they're winning a lot of games because they have a really good defense now. Do you buy any Lamar for MVP hype? Absolutely. Okay. Why are people still not talking about him? Then? I I honestly don't know. Um, obviously, his, his another guy that his case took a hit losing Mark Andrews for the year, being his top target. Uh, but once again, that team goes as Lamar goes. And he's had a couple games where he has been a little underwhelming. But overall, he is the catalyst of that offense, of a team that's 9-3 and three, 
could very well be the one seed in, the, in that AFC. It does sound weird to say this because you're right. Andrews getting hurt is pretty pretty crushing for Lamar's you know MVP hopes because having Mark Andrews can obviously just only be a good thing. But since Andrews got hurt, you know Zay Flowers has looked good all year. It looks like a banger pick. Um, Odell's looked pretty good since Andrews got hurt. He's looked look good as the season goes on. He keeps looking better and better. I'm not going to say he's Giants Odell where he's going to have 100 yards a game every time, but for the Ravens who notoriously have just like the worst wide receivers and worst wide wide receiver luck, it feels like they got two good ones all of a sudden. So I don't think losing Andrews will hurt as much, especially if these guys keep progressing and they keep getting better in the system. And I think that could help Lamar. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good idea that maybe if they keep going, if they go 14 and three and finish first overall, why couldn't, you know, Lamar could probably be MVP. I think that's a good point. All right. I don't know how, but uh, Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles week one. Easy peasy. See you next year. Somehow, I don't know if he's putting like special mushroom mud on it or hanging out with some like peat moss in the woods or whatever he's doing. Allegedly, he's healed. How? Anyway, despite not knowing anything about medical science, maybe I'm wrong. Aaron Rodgers opened his practice window. I have two questions. First question. Is he actually healed? No, I don't think so. Second question, why would he even try to come back at this point? Because the Jets aren't very good and him playing isn't getting them into the playoffs. So all he's doing is risking re-injury. Okay, one, I think we've learned over Aaron Rodgers' career that his ego is is as big as anybody Mm -hmm. in the league. And I think part of this is his ego saying, I'm going to do something no one's ever done and it'll be good. And I'm going to prove everybody wrong because I'm Aaron Rodgers. Fine. Go for it, pal. Two, I think there's real concern that Robert Sala could lose his job this year. And he is coming on because he wants to keep Sala, or if it's not Robert Sala, Nathaniel Hackett, who has proven to be oh, he's a, terrible. A not a good coach anywhere that Aaron Rodgers handpicked. Hackett's not getting fired because Rodgers is there. But that's, that's Jets sports radio talk, not ours. Let's go. Continue. Um, so I, to me, it's only it's the only way is because of Aaron Rodgers wants to prove people wrong and wants to prove that hey, Alan Lazard was the right guy for us to sign because I said he was the right guy to sign. So he shows and, up, tries to make all his guys look good in the last I, couple of weeks. Yeah, and Tim Boyle was a good backup quarterback because he was a backup quarterback for me in Green Bay, and I like this guy. We should have signed him. Like I just feel this is all Aaron Rodgers being about Aaron Rodgers. So then, last question about Rodgers because I don't want to do too much of this because it's just so weird. But this is a card program. If Aaron Rodgers turns out to be a mystical medical shaman who can just make people feel better faster than medical science currently can, what does that do to his card value? I don't think it really (laughs) makes a difference. Even if he's like from space or something? (laughs) I mean, if it's proven that he is like part alien or something, (laughs) it could really go either way. People might buy a ton of it or people might be scared away. Fair Uh, enough. People don't like change, so I don't really know. I don't think I don't think him coming back this year really will make a difference. No, the only way it affects it is if he comes back, comes back too early, and first game out there he tears it again because he's trying to prove people wrong and he's gone all of next year. That's the only thing that will really do wonders to his his value right now. Fair enough. All right, last but not least, because we well we gotta get going, we're over, but it doesn't matter. We have so much to talk about. It's been a while. Is there a Super Bowl favorite right now? I don't think there's one. I, if I had to pick one right now, I'm picking the 49ers, but I don't think there is one. I'm also picking the 49ers. Um, it's pretty telling because they play they play Philly this week, and that's obviously a massive game. 
the Niners are on the road. They have two more losses than Philly, but they're getting two and a half points. That should be all the telling you need. I think the 49ers are the most complete team. I think the only I know they have three losses and they had that little losing streak. But that losing streak came when Debo was hurt, McCaffrey was a little banged up, and, and uh, Trent Williams was out. Yeah, and Trent Williams was out. Now that they have their whole team again, they still look the best, the most complete. They look like juggernauts. You can't even come close to slowing down. Um, didn't they just play Jacksonville, one of the better AFC East teams? Jacksonville was in first place in the AFC East for like 20 minutes AFC last week. South? No, no. In the, the whole AFC. In the whole AFC. Oh, I said the East. Sorry, yeah. whatever. Again, I've been drinking. No, I haven't. But uh, the point is, you got me with that one. All right, no, no. <laughs> point is, the Niners played Jacksonville, murder them. They they feel like the most complete team, and we might be talking again in a week that yeah, it's definitely the Forty ers when they win by twenty this week. I don't think they're going to. I think Philly will be close. I don't know if the weather's going to be good or whatever because it wasn't great in Philly last week, but it's going to be very tough for Philadelphia to win a third straight game where they played a man like they played Kansas City, tough game. They play Buffalo, which I know they're six and six, but tough game. That was a crazy game for them. You know, it was really hard. A third one in a row, that's a lot for one team. And now you're getting arguably the best team out of the three. I don't know, man. San Francisco, I think San Francisco might prove have a lot of people saying in about five days that they're the best team in the NFL and they're the they're the Super Bowl favorite. If you're gonna buy Brock Purdy, buy him before they win this week. Yeah, do it now. Do it now. All right. Um not is there anybody nobody in the AFC East is a favorite, are they? Not a single or AFC. I keep saying East. I'm sorry, guys. Um, if you had to make me choose one right now, I'm probably choosing the Ravens, but I don't feel very confident about right. that. There's everybody's got warts in the AFC. Um, most teams in the NFC do too. I don't think Philly's unbeatable personally. They they should have lost last week to the Bills. Sure. They, so I think Philly can lose. They could have theoretically lost to the Chiefs too. So should have lost. Yeah, should have lost that game. So it pretty much comes down to San Francisco and everybody else. Which is fun. Um, it's sad. Like you said, Joe Burrow got hurt. So that was the end of Cincinnati when they were kind of having a little comeback. Cleveland, I mean, they're still in a playoff spot, but they've got 42 quarterbacks injured at this Real point. quick, what happens if Joe Flacco comes in there and leads that team to the playoffs? Then I'm convinced that we're living in a simulation. <laughs> That's the only thing I can say there. Because uh, there's reports that he's going to start this week. He has to. They have nobody left. The next person on the depth chart is you. And then me. Yeah. I need sur- surgery. So, oof. We'll see what we can do. Um, all right, that's it. We got through a lot of stuff, so let's move on to final thoughts. Uh, Tom, take it away. So I just, I, you know, Thanksgiving was last week. I just want to say thank you to to everyone who has listened. Um, thank you to everyone in the hobby that uh, we buy from, that buys our products, that just says hello, uh, fans, anything. Very thankful for the opportunity we have uh, in this position. Very thankful for the opportunity to, to have a podcast, talk about sports. Um, it's really cool. It's something that I tell everybody 12 year old me is very happy with adult me right now. And I'm very thankful for that. So thank you everybody. Um, thank you to my family for supporting me. Let me travel as much as I do. And, uh, just thank you to everybody. So this is going to be, uh, the most obvious reason to show that we never really prep too much before we do one of these. Cause mine's sort of pretty much the same final thought. I never want to know what his final thought is because I like to just react to it in real time. I thought it was very nice, except that it's pretty much the same as mine. Uh, Based on the same thing of like being thankful, I guess, for Thanksgiving, just where we're at. Uh, It's really cool that we're sitting here in this new studio, you know, like there's more to come. Hey, but we're still here. 
Uh, this is our 36th episode. Bitter that Pat's not here because, like, I love Patrick. I miss him so much. But it's still been nice getting the third person in here where we can get to know them a little bit better. And, you know, they'll have different opinions. So that makes it a little bit more interesting. But I am. I'm, thanks, everybody, who keeps listening. Uh, I can see the numbers, so I know you guys do it. Uh, we definitely have been gone for a little bit. I, I hate that. It's just we couldn't do anything about it with the move and everything being kind of nuts. It's just the way the cookie crumbled. But uh, we're here now. And we're really enjoying what we're doing. We're, we're back. Things are only going to keep improving on our end. Uh, we'll keep doing whatever we can to make sure that, you know, you guys keep having a good product out there. And you guys like listening and commenting on stuff and watching our, you know, TikTok stuff of Tom picking a whole bunch of Panthers in a battle. All, <laughs> all that other jazz and telling me how dumb I am because I didn't pick George Pickens because he can only one, run one route. And I picked Deontay Johnson. My bad. That was before Deontay didn't yeah. do anything for that fumble, but still. Yeah, bad luck right Point now. Of, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I'd still rather have Deontay Johnson on my football team because he can run, you know, more than one route, and that's fine. George Pickens is great, by the way. I have no problem with him, but people are going to come at me. That's all right. One guy said, oh, you took you took Bijan over Kyle Pitts, so that guy's a moron too, but it's fine. Point is, what we do here is super awesome. We get to talk about sports and sports cards all day. We get to travel around the country to see you guys. I've met people from who've listened to the podcast before at some of our various shows. It's really cool. So I'm just excited that we get to keep doing it and that things are getting better. And again, it can only go up from here. So thanks for listening again. Thanks for kind of sticking with us through uh, a little bit of a lull where we you know, didn't put out as much content as we would have liked. But we're getting back on the horse and uh, things should be back to normal pretty soon. So thank you guys and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you. Bye.